privilege and an honor to know that God is there and to have his full attention anytime and anywhere. Sometimes when we're talking, the conversation turns to you. As your name and needs are mentioned, God lifts my spirits too. I'll pray for you. for you, you pray for me, I'll pray for you, you pray for me. The 25th Psalm is where we're going to start at this morning. The 25th Psalm. I'm so thankful to be here this morning. I'm so overwhelmed by the blessings of the Lord. And I've been praying, and I've been praying, and I've been praying for this service because I've been excited about this service. At first I was excited because I was going to get to preach, and I still am. But I started praying and I started getting excited thinking about what God could do, Amen. regardless of who was preaching. Amen. And I'm looking forward to it. And I want to talk to you this morning about the way of life. In the 25th Psalm in verse 4, it says, Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindness, for they have never been, for they have been ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me, for thy goodness' sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore will he teach sinners in the way. Let's pray. Dear God, we come to you this morning so humbly, Lord. Just we come asking, Lord, for your spirit this morning. Lord, we need you. I need you in my life, Lord. Our church needs you. Our community needs you. And Lord, we just pray that you'll come and be with us this morning, Lord. You made us this promise. We come in your name, Lord, and you promised us that you'd be here amongst us, Lord. I just pray that you would soften hearts this morning, Lord. I pray that you would save souls, God. I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you for your truths. I thank you most of all for Jesus and sending him to die on the cross for me, Lord. To save me from my sins, God, when I could never have been good enough on my own, when I never could have redeemed myself, God, you sent the best you had to die for me. And Lord, I'm so thankful for that. And I'm thankful for the freedom and the liberty we have through Christ, Lord. And I just pray that this morning, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would come and it would just, it would free us, Lord. That it would liberate us, that it would show us the abundance and the joy of life we could have through you, Lord. 
I pray that if there's anyone here this morning, God, who doesn't know the way of life, they don't know what you intend for them, God, they don't know what it is that you desire, God, that it would be made clear this morning and that they would get things right with you before it's eternally too late. Lord, we just praise you for all that you've done, for all that you're doing, Lord, in our church, in our world, and Lord, we just look forward to what you're going to do in the future. Lord, we love you and we praise you, and we ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. The way of life. The Lord has a plan, a way, a will for every single one of us. I love what it says in those first couple of verses. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth. It's all about seeking and looking to the Lord in times where you don't know where to go. When you don't know what it is or where the next step is you need to take in your life, what you need to do next in your life, the Lord has a plan for you. He has a way for you. He has something that He intends for you to do. And there's some things that the Lord intends for every single one of us to do. You see, there, there may be very specific things the Lord wants out of me that He may not want out of you. But there are some things that the Lord wants, desires, and expects out of every single one of us. Some things that He desires for every single man. God has a plan for you. And I'm going to promise you this, His plan is good. His plan is better than your plan. His plan is holier than your plan. It's smarter. It's going to do you a lot more good. It's going to save you a lot of trouble. It's going to save you a lot of heartache. And it's going to bring you a lot more joy. God's plan is than your plan. I'm, my goodness, looking back, if I would have always done the things the way I wanted to do them, I'd be in a mess right now. The only reason my life is, is as blessed as it is is because I'm trying to do what the Lord wants me to do. The way of life. Ephesians chapter 2. First thing I want us to look at in the way of life, is saved by the grace of God. Saved by the grace of God. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. This morning, we're going to look at some of these words in these passages we're going to read. That word grace. What is grace? What does that word mean? We've all heard it. We've heard different things about it. But the word grace simply means getting something that you do not deserve. Unmerited favor. Being given something by the grace of someone else. The gift is gracious. If someone gives you a gift, they're simply giving it to you because they love you. You didn't have to work for it. You didn't have to earn it. You didn't have to you know, gain favor with them. They simply gave it to you because they loved you out of the goodness of their heart. It was simply by grace that you are given a gift. And when we talk about grace and the Bible talking about God having grace towards us, what does that mean for you? We've all heard about the grace of God and we've talked about the grace of God and heard songs sung about the grace of God, but what does that word mean for you? That word for you means that you do not have to get what you deserve. You don't have to get what you deserve. You might say, well, what do I deserve? What does that mean, I don't get what I deserve? Well, I can tell you right now, you don't want what you deserve. I can promise you this morning, so often we get in pity parties for ourselves in our lives and say, God, just has, I don't deserve the bad things that have happened to me in my life. I've been a good person. I've come to church. I've, I've paid my tithes. I pay my taxes. I'm nice to my neighbors. I don't deserve the bad things that have happened to me. Friend, I promise you, you don't want what you deserve. Because if you got what you deserved, we would all be dead and in a devil's hell right now. That's what we deserve. That's what we have earned. That's what we have worked for. Those are the wages that we deserve, the things that we have earned. Because what have we done? We've sowed in seeds of unrighteousness. 
We've sinned and we've disobeyed God and we've let God down. And what do we deserve for that? We deserve eternal punishment. But God's grace made all the difference for us. Getting what you don't deserve. What you deserve is something horrible. What you deserve is a place called hell. What you deserve is where people go when they deny Jesus Christ as a Savior. But by the grace of God, He offers eternal life to you through His, through His Son, Jesus Christ. Something you don't deserve. The blood of Jesus. Don't deserve it. Don't deserve it. Couldn't earn it. It's for by His grace, by His love for you, by His kindness, by His mercy, are you saved through faith. Simply believing in the gift that He has offered you. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. That word gift, being given something because He loves you. A gift has to be received. It's not automatic. It's not just going to happen because you say you believe in God. You have to accept the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ by Faith. That is what God wants for you. That is God's plan for you. That's God's man for all of that's God's plan for all of mankind. For all of eternity, it has been God's plan for men to be saved. Why? Because the Bible tells us He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He loved all of mankind enough to send His own Son to die in spite of their sins, in spite of their of them letting him down. Saved by the grace of God. Romans chapter five. Justified by faith in God. We're saved by the grace of God and justified by faith in God. <clears throat> Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That word justify in the Greek means to render just or innocent, to be righteous. To render just or innocent, to be righteous. And we are justified by what? By faith. That word faith means belief, a firm persuasion, and assurance. What this verse is telling us is that we are made innocent and just before God through a firm belief and assurance in Jesus Christ as our Savior. It's beautiful to me when you break this down that you can have, you can be made just, you can be made righteous before a holy and a perfect God, not of your own merits, not of your own works, but by faith in Jesus Christ. You can be made just. You can be made perfect. I can promise you, that's something you're never going to experience in this sinful flesh. Everything we do, everything we see, everything we touch and hear and say is tainted by sin. Everything around us. But one day, through Jesus Christ, we can be made just. There is going to be a day where I'm not going to have any more sin in me. I'm not going to have to deal with the consequences of sin. I'm not going to have to worry about the effects of sin because I have been justified. I have been made righteous and been made just by faith in Jesus Christ. Why Jesus? Because He's the only one who was righteous enough to make me that way. I love what it says. We have peace with God. Isn't peace a wonderful thing? I hate, hate, hate conflict. I hate bickering. I hate fighting. I hate all that mess. I tell people, it takes a lot to get me riled up. I'm, I'm pretty laid back, and I, I just don't get angry real easy. But man, some things just, I hate seeing. Some things you just hate to hear about. I hate hearing about injustices in our world, and I hate seeing all the things that sin is doing. They just kind of make you mad. They just kind of get me fired up. They get me stirred up. I hate hearing about all the horrible things that people do to one another. But when I think about peace, there's only one place in this world I can go to have peace, and that's to the Lord. He's the only one in this world who brings me any peace, and it's by and because of Jesus Christ that I can have peace with God. 
You see, naturally in my flesh, I'm an enemy of God. The Bible says that I was alienated. I was an enemy of the cross. I was a child of the devil. I was all these things. I, everything I could, everything I did was against God, was, was, was opposed to God. All the sins I committed were disobeying God. In my flesh, the very nature of my being was something that was in total opposition to God. And I had no peace with God. I'm going to tell you this morning, you will not find peace with God apart from Jesus Christ. You will not find peace with God in any place other than at the foot of Calvary. I don't care how good a person you are. I don't care how many times you come to church. You will never have peace with God without the blood of Jesus. I don't care how, how good you think. Or I've heard some, some say, well, me and God have got it figured out. Not without Jesus, you don't. Without Jesus, you're never going to have it figured out. You're never going to have peace with God. And I'm going to tell you, God is someone you want to be at peace with. I'm telling you, it's a good thing to be at peace with your loved ones. It's a good thing to be at peace with your friends. It's a good thing to be at peace with your boss. But don't you want to be at peace with the God of the universe? Don't you want to be at peace with the God of everything? The God who loved you? The God who sent His Son to die for you? Isn't that somebody you want to be on good terms with? Isn't that somebody you want to have peace with? Is that somebody you want to be in opposition with? Is that somebody you want to have uh, be on the wrong side of? No. God is someone I want to have peace with. And I'm so thankful that by Jesus Christ I can stand before Him as a child of God made just by my belief in Jesus Christ as Savior. I have peace with God today. Do I still disappoint Him? Yes. I still let Him down. I still sin against Him. But I'm still His child. And He still loves me. And that's all because of my faith in Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm saved by the grace of God. I'm justified by faith in God. And I love this. I'm redeemed by the blood of God. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish, and without spot. That word redeem in the Greek means to liberate for a ransom. To ransom, redeem, deliver, liberate. Ransom means to redeem from, from possession of an enemy by paying a price deemed equivalent. I'm going to say that again. Listen to this. To redeem from the possession of an enemy by paying a price deemed equivalent. Sometimes I think it's a humbling thing to ask or to, to think back of the price that God paid for our souls. And then to ask ourselves, am I worth what He paid for me? <laughs> Whew. Am I worth... Have you ever looked back at something that you bought? I, I do this far too often. Bought something and thought, that is not worth what I paid for it. I paid way too much money for that. When I got back home and got to working with it and got to looking at it, it is not worth nearly as much as I thought it was when I was in the store. Sometimes I look at myself and say, I'm sure glad God loved me because I'm not worth nearly enough what He paid for me. I am not worth nearly enough to say that I am worth the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm nowhere close. It is only by His love that He deemed me worthy to send His Son to die because I'm not worth it. I'm not worthy of it. I was a slave to sin. I was lost. 
dying and headed for hell. I belong to the devil. I belong to the world. I belong to the, to the, to the, the, the flesh and the sin nature and the things of this world. Those were who I belonged to. I was, in, I was enslaved to it. I was an enemy to God, enemy of the cross, opposed to Him. But He redeemed me. It says He bought me back. He reached down and got me out. I love that song. He reached down His hand for me. I couldn't reach up to God because why? I was enslaved to it. I was an enemy of God. I belonged to the world. I belonged to the devil. But He looked down at me with love and with mercy and He saw someone who He wanted as His child. He, I looked at Him as, as my enemy. I, I mean, I, I wanted the things of the world. I wanted sin. I wanted the unrighteousness. But God looked at me and He desired to have me. And what did He do? He sent Jesus Christ to die and shed His blood. And you might say, well, I've... You don't understand the things I've done. You don't understand the places I've been and the people I've hurt and the ways I've let God down. I want you to understand something. One drop of the blood of Jesus Christ is enough to cover every sin you've ever committed, any sin you're committing today, any sin you will ever commit. The blood of Jesus Christ is greater. Why? Because you weren't redeemed with the things of this world. You weren't bought with silver or with gold or traditions from the past. It says you were bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ as of a lamb without blemish or without spot. I don't care, friend. Don't you dare look at me and lie and say, God can't save me. What are you trying to do? You're telling me that Jesus was not enough for you? That Jesus' blood is not sufficient for you? That's foolishness. The blood of Jesus Christ is greater than anything you have ever done and it's enough to forgive any sin you've ever committed. The blood of Jesus Christ is a precious thing that bought me back, that redeemed me. Sometimes I just like to close my eyes and I just like to picture. And I think back to that day, March 2nd, 2008 at Whispering Pines, when I walked down the aisle, I'll never forget, middle of the service, I don't remember what my father was preaching about, don't have a clue, I probably wasn't paying attention, but the conviction hit me. Middle of the service, I grabbed my mom and said, Mom, i, I got to talk to you. Well, we went outside, sat on the pew in front of the church, and I, I, for months I'd been dealing with it. I'd been dealing with the conviction. I knew I needed to be saved, and I told her I need to be saved. She said, well, do you want to do it now? I said, no, I should have been saved right there. I told God no on that bench in front of the church. I said, I want to wait for the invitation. That was foolishness. I should have been saved right there, but I didn't. And I just imagined that whole time the devil just had his hands on me. I was just wrapped up in these chains of sin. I was wrapped up in these chains of unrighteousness in the things of this world. And there I was, a sinner. I knew I was lost. I knew I was dying. I knew I was headed for hell. And I walked down the aisle and the whole time the devil was screaming at me. He was telling me to turn around. He was telling me to stop. He was telling me to sit down. But I kneeled down at the altar and I said, Jesus, save me. And at that moment, every chain was gone. Every sin was covered. Everything I had ever done was gone away with. And God looked at me no longer as His enemy, no longer as someone opposed to Him, no longer as an enemy of the cross and the child of the devil. But He looked down at me and saw me as His child because of the blood of Jesus and because He redeemed me. He bought me back that day. Was I worth it? Not even close. But He loved me enough to buy me back to pay the ultimate price, the blood of His own Son, so that I could be saved. I was redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. 1 John chapter 5. Redeemed by the blood of God and I'm assured by the Word of God. I'm assured by the Word of God. 1 John 5 and 13. It says, These things have I written unto you, that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know ye have eternal life. Doubt 
is, an, is a tool that the devil loves to use. If he can make you doubt your salvation, listen to me, I can promise you this. If you do not have a firm assurance in your salvation, then you will never share the gospel with other people. Why would you share something that you don't know if you believe yourself? I mean, just think about it. If you do not have a firm assurance, a belief, a persuasion inside of you that says, I know that I am a child of God, why would you share it with anybody else? There's a reason I'm not walking around trying to tell Brother Jimmy how they need to build this building. You know why? Because I don't have a clue. If I don't know myself, why would I share with somebody else? But I know that I'm a child of God. I have that persuasion. But you know what? The devil still tries to make me doubt sometimes. There are nights sitting in my bed where I say, look at all the things I did today. I'll be honest with you. There are days I look back and say, I'm not worth a nickel. I'm not worth a nickel. Boy, you're right. You know what? I look back and say, how many times did I let him down today? And I sit there thinking, am I even saved? How could I do all this and still call myself a child of God? That's the devil. You know why? Because I remember that day. Anytime you forget, you go back to the time and the place and I'm telling you folks, when he stripped those chains away, I think of that moment and I remember, oh, I'm his child. Oh, he saved me that day. That wasn't, that wasn't fake. That wasn't made up. That was real what God did in me that day. And it's because of that. It's that I can remember that. I can go back to that time that I know that I have eternal life. I know where I'm going when I die. I know that if I took my last breath right now, I'm going to go be with Jesus because of what He did for me, because I believed in His name, because I believed in the blood that He shed on the cross for me. It's not about anything I've done, but it's all about what He did for me, and He gives me assurance in that. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I know right now, friend, isn't it a wonderful thing when you just have one of those church services where you just get a glimpse into glory? Man. Just to see what I have in store. Amen. To some people, that's kind of that's kind of conceited. Is that the right word? I don't know. I, I think too highly of myself, don't I? Well, you know. What do you mean? You know you're going to go to heaven? Don't you think you ought to? Well, yes, I do know I got to go to heaven. I, mean, I know I'm going to go to heaven, not because of me. That's that's what blows my mind. Is so many people looking? It's all about what I do. It's all about me. It's all about how do you know you're going to go to heaven? I'm going to heaven because of Jesus Christ, because of what He did for me that day. That day that I asked Him to save me, it's all because of that. And I have assurance of that. Don't you let the devil rob your joy. Don't you let the devil steal your peace. Don't you let the devil steal your assurance. David wrote in the Psalms, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. You might be here this morning, you may have just lost your joy. We've all been there. We've all been at times where you just kind of feel like... You just don't have any fire. You don't have any desire. You don't have any zeal to serve the Lord. You don't have a passion to do something for Him. You're just kind of going through the motions. You're just kind of doing the, the church thing, right? Just kind of living the life. Friend, if you can't go back to the day that Jesus saved you and it doesn't light a fire inside of you, if it doesn't get you excited, if it doesn't put joy in your heart, then friend, something's wrong. Something's wrong. If you can look back on the time when Jesus Christ saved your soul with indifference, and you might not have ever been saved, because I can't help but want to shout when I think of the day that Jesus Christ saved my soul, and I praise Him for the assurance He gives me. I'm assured by the Word of God. In 1 Peter chapter 1, I'm kept by the power of God. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, 
who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. We aren't in the hands of men, but we are in the hands of God. I'm so glad, I'm so thankful that the day I got saved, God didn't hand my salvation to me and says, here, take care of it. <laughs> I'd be in trouble if that were the case. If my salvation were mine to take care of, if it were mine to preserve, I don't, I don't know how, what's, what's the saying, falling from grace, I'd be falling in and out of grace so much I wouldn't be able to keep up with it. Can you imagine how, how miserable a life it would be to wake up every day not knowing if you were still saved? To think maybe I might have lost my salvation. You know, I, I sinned pretty bad yesterday. I, I might need to get re-saved again today. I don't really know if I'm still in good. I don't know if I'm on good terms with God today. I don't know if the blood of Jesus maybe, I don't know, it fell off maybe when I was sinning yesterday. I don't, I don't really know what happened. I may need to get things right again. What did that verse say we talked about earlier? Peace with God? Falling in and out of peace with God? I'm thankful that I'm kept not by myself, not by somebody else, but by the power of God. And what does it say? You're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice. I, I rejoice for that. I rejoice for the fact that, that I'm saved and I'm saved forevermore. I rejoice for the fact that there's nothing I can do, there's no power in this world that can take the salvation that I had, that I received that day from me. There's nothing I can do to lose it. And what do people say? Oh, you, you just think you can do whatever you want, and you can get away with it, and, and you just get a free pass to sin. Friend, if you look at your salvation, and you say, man, I get to do whatever I want now. Friend, something's horribly wrong in your life. You probably never really got saved. If you stood up and said, man, that was good. Now I can do whatever I want and get away with it. Friend, I stand up now and look and say, I don't want it anymore. I don't want the things I had before. I don't want the things I had before I was saved. I have a new life now. I have a, a, a new name. I'm a child of God now. John 10, 28 and 29 say, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. You couldn't get lost if you wanted to. <laughs> I couldn't lose my salvation if I wanted to. No matter how bad I wanted to, I am in the hand of God. And Jesus said, y y there, no man will pluck him from my Father's hand. It's impossible. There's nothing you could do. If you've been saved here today and you might say, well, I've, you know, I, I might need to get things right. You may need to come and, and you may need to repent of your sins. You may need to seek God's forgiveness. But I want you to know, if you've been saved, if you truly believed on the name of Jesus Christ and you accepted Him as your Savior, then you are saved. Then you are a child of God. The devil may be trying to use doubt. That there may be sin in your life you need to get right. But if you have ever truly humbled yourself before God and asked Jesus to save you, the Bible promises us that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I got saved that day. You know what? I'm not ever going to need to be saved again. Because one time the blood of Jesus was enough to save me. And I'm kept by the power of God. I'm in the hand of the Lord. And there's nothing I can do to get out. Praise God. 1 John chapter 4. I'm kept by the power of God. And I'm possessed by the Spirit of God. 1 John 4 and 4. It says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. 
we are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the Spirit of truth and the Spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I love that. I need that. Because every day you're going to encounter all kinds of mess. You're going to encounter sin. You're going to encounter unrighteousness. You're going to encounter everything that God tells us to flee from. And I'm going to tell you something. On your own, in your flesh, you're going to give in. You are not stronger. I want you to listen to me. You are not stronger than sin. You are not stronger than the temptations. But child of God, I want you to know something. The Spirit of God inside of you is. The Spirit of God is greater. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Why? Because, why did God give us His Spirit to start off with? Because we couldn't do it on our own. My goodness, if I didn't have the Spirit of God inside of me convicting me and leading me and showing me where to go, I'd be in a mess. There's no telling where I'd be in my life if it weren't for the Spirit of God living inside of me. That day I asked Jesus to save me, the Spirit of God indwelt me. He came inside of me and He lives inside of me. Why do you think it is that when you sin you feel so bad? You know, we always say, well, it's convicting me. What does that mean? The Spirit of God's convicting you. I just want you to think about this for a second. Every time you sin, it's your flesh choosing to rebel against God. It's you and your flesh telling God no. Telling God, I don't care what you want me to do. Saying, I'm going to do what I want to do. Well, why do we feel bad when we do that? Because you have living inside of you the very Spirit of God. And every time you sin, it breaks His heart. It grieves Him. He's not convicting you to make you feel bad. He, well, I mean, it, it, doesn't, it does make you feel bad, but He's doing it because He's heartbroken. He's doing it because He's trying to show you this is not right. This is not what I want you to do. Friend, God's not convicting you just because He feels like making you feel bad. He's convicting you because He knows that sin is not good for us. He knows that it's never going to take us down a good path. He knows that sin is never going to bring anything beneficial to our lives. The Holy Spirit of God convicts us and it shows us that we're wrong because God knows what's best. Why do you think God gives us all these rules and all these laws? Right? That's, that's, what, that's all the Bible is, right? Just a book full of rules and laws and things we can't do. Is there anybody here who can give a testimony of how your life has been blessed because of sin? Of how your life has benefited from sin? Of how all these wonderful things have happened to you because of sin? Not one. You know why? Because God knew what He was talking about. God knew what He was doing. God understands better than we do. He knows more than we do. He's wiser than we are. And so He gives us all these things. And what do we do in our flesh? Ah, I got this, God. I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to handle this. I'm going to get through this on my own. And what always happens? I wish I'd have listened to the Lord. I wish I'd have obeyed Him. I wish I never would have sinned. Every single time the same thing happens. Why? Because God knows what's best. So what did He give us the Holy Spirit for? To remind us, hey, I've showed you so many times before. I'm showing you now. You don't need to do this. You don't need to go here. You don't need to say that. You don't need to, to be with this person. You don't need to do this, that, or the other. He gives us the Holy Spirit to keep us from sinning because He knows that sin will hurt us. He knows that sin is bad for us. It convicts us and leads us in the paths of righteousness. I thank God for His Spirit. And lastly, in the book of Jude, 
verse 24, presented before the presence of God. Jude, verse 24. It says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. <laughs> with exceeding joy. Justified by faith in God. What was it? To be made just or righteous. How? By faith in Jesus Christ. By faith in Jesus Christ. I'm not telling you anything this morning you probably haven't heard before. I'm not preaching some, some new revelation to you. I'm not preaching you something you haven't heard many times before. I just want to remind you of something this morning. I just want to show you this morning that God has something for you. God has a plan for you in your life. Lost person, saved person, church member, deacon, Sunday school teacher, God has something that He intends for you in your life. You're not just another spoke in the wheel. You're not just another, uh, another rock in the path. You're not just another... God has something He wants for you. He wants you to be saved. He wants you to serve Him. He wants you to love Him. He wants you to share His Gospel. And all these things that I've... that the Lord has given me. My salvation... The fact that He, that I can stand righteous before the throne of God one day by faith in Jesus. The fact that He redeemed me. That He bought me back when I was so unworthy. That He gives me assurance through His Word. That He keeps me in His hand. But more than all of that, I look forward to the day that I get to stand before Him. And when I stand before God, I just, I look at it and like I said, I just like to imagine these things. I just like to picture these things. And I stand there before God, and it's a court case that I could never... I mean, it's a case I could never win. The evidence is, is stacked so greatly against me. My, my verdict is so clear in my mind that I deserve to die and to go to hell. I want you to... If you don't hear anything this morning, listen to me. Listen to me. You deserve to go to hell. Well, that's just kind of mean. I, I don't care if it's mean. I want you to understand something. You deserve to go to hell. That is what you have earned. And I stand there before God and there's my sin <laughs> stacked against me. You're not going to work your way into heaven. You're not going to be good enough to get to heaven. You know why? Because here stands my sin and, and here are my good deeds down next to me. The verdict is clear before me. But I have a defense. And when God looks at me, all I can do is point to Jesus and say, here He is. I've believed in Him. I've put my trust in Him. And God, full of His wrath, His righteous wrath that, he's had, that He has towards sin, He looks at me as sinner, one who deserves hell, and He looks at my sin stacked against me. And God never intended that for my life. God never made me to sin. God never forced me to do those things. But He looks at me and I'm a sinner. And He has this wrath towards my sin, this righteous wrath. And He looks at me and this wrath has to be done. But then He looks to Jesus. And there are the scars in His hands and on His head and in His side. And He remembers the day that He poured out His wrath on His own Son. And He looks back to me and my sin's gone. And does He hold it against me? No. He looks at me and I am just before Him. 
I am righteous before Him. He says, welcome home. My child, I love you. And there goes Jesus, who took it all for me, His wrath. And I stand there, and there's nothing to hold against me. God forgave me, and you know what? He forgot about it. When God forgives me of my sins, he's not, he's not sitting there waiting to use it against me. He's forgiven me, and it's done away with. And I look forward to the day, oh, I'm ready for the day, where I stand before Jesus, and I just praise Him. For all of eternity, I can just thank Him and thank Him. And if you don't like to sing, I don't know if you're going to like heaven very much. I'm ready to praise Jesus. I'm ready to thank Him for what He did for me. I'm ready to thank God for sending Him to me. I'm ready to stand there in a world where there is no sin. Where there's no more there's no more disease. I'm sick and tired of hearing about cancer. I'm sick and tired of hearing about people dying. I'm sick and tired about hearing about divorce and, and children getting sick and car wrecks and all this mess we got going on. And all that's going to be gone. All the sin's gone. All the effects of sin are gone. And I'm going to get to sit there for all of eternity. And you know what I'm going to get to do? I'm going to get to praise. We pray for a hymn of invitation this morning. If you're here this morning, I want you to listen to me. If you're here this morning, and you cannot go to the time when Jesus Christ saved your soul, if you can say, well, I just don't know. I remember when I walked the aisle. I remember when I shook the preacher's hand. I remember when I stood at the door and everybody came back and hugged me. I remember when I got baptized. I remember when I joined the church. I remember doing all this. I, I, I don't care about all that. God doesn't care. Do you remember the time when you asked Jesus Christ to save your soul? I remember. I remember all the other stuff. I remember my baptism and my church membership, but I remember asking Jesus Christ to save my soul. And you know what? I'm saved. I'm a child of God, and I'm going to go to heaven when I die because He saved me that day. If you don't have that, will you be saved today? Will you come ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior? Child of God, what has He done for you? How has He blessed you? All that He's done for you, what are you giving back in return? How are you showing your gratefulness to God for what He's done for you? Sometimes I look at myself and I'm, I haven't done a thing for the Lord. I have not done enough. I could do so much more. I could, we could all do so much more for the Lord. All that He's done for us. He sent His Son. Jesus Christ shed His blood. And what has He said? I want you to live for me. I want you to love me. I want you to share my gospel with others. Don't you let the devil get you distracted of your purpose. Don't you let the devil distract you from God's will for your life. He loves you. He died for you. He wants to save you this morning. Child of God, listen to that Holy Spirit. He knows what He's doing. He's never going to lead you wrong. And the Lord will bless your life greater than you could ever imagine if you'll just follow His will for your life.